a stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources on KSL News Radio. Welcome back to Inside Sources. I'm your guest host, Lee Lonsberry. Uh, I. We woke up this morning for with new news of uh, of a fire. The uh, the the new fire, the Green Ravine fire. Uh, we're in a moment going to speak to Jason Curry. He's a spokesperson for the Utah Division of Fire, Forestry, and State Lands. Uh, what we know about this fire so far is that it is uh, like the fire of yesterday, zero percent contained. Uh, there have been a thousand acres burned and that the flames have come within 200 yards of homes, but that the winds have moved away from structures. Uh, there, at last report, were 110 firefighters on scene, and we'll in just a moment be speaking with uh, Mr. Jason Curry. He's a spokesman for the Utah Division of Fire, Forestry, and State Lands. He's going to give us an update on uh, on what is going on up there. We're going to ask him about uh, what folks can do in case the winds shift. We're going to ask if uh, uh, if there's anything that we can do proactively. And I believe we have Mr. Curry on the line now. Jason, sir, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Excellent. Uh, I was just going through some of the bullet points, some of the facts and figures, uh, and hoping to get an update from you, sir. What, what's going on at the Green Ravine fire? What, what should we know now? Well, there is a lot of firefighting going on. I've got tankers, helicopters, hotshot crews, engines, uh, tozers, pretty much every firefighting apparatus that you can imagine up there right now trying to put the herd on it. What, uh, uh, what's the, the acreage right now? What, 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 how many acres impacted? So we just got a, a new figure back, uh, 1,719 acres, so just over 1,700. The last I had known, there, there, the flames were about 200 yards from homes. Does that remain true, and how close is it to structures? Yeah, that's still true, uh, and it, that is extremely unlikely that that part of the uh, picture would change. Uh, all of the uh, fire right there closest to homes is, is in the grass. And so now that all of the active flame on that front has been knocked down, uh, that's it's not going to smolder. It's not going to, to rekindle on that side of things. Uh, where we've got most of the uh, fire activities up high in some of those steeper drainages and, and near the top. Help me understand exactly where we're talking. Where are the, the, the homes and structures uh, located, which are most closely to the fire located? Uh, yeah, so right there on the east side of Lake Point, Utah, there's a kind of a newer housing development, new subdivision there, Iron Horse Drive. Uh, the homes right there on Iron Horse Drive had uh, had fire pushing in their direction late yesterday afternoon and uh, and made quite a bit of a, an impact on, on everybody there. People got out and got to work on their fuels, and people were uh, out talking about it. So uh, everybody should be having that conversation. We, we hear from time to time uh, about um, the, the hot shots and all the different uh, methods you mentioned uh, earlier in fighting this fire. Help us again. Give us a, a refresher. What are the hot shots, and what is their specialty? 
Yeah, so um, there are there are different types of hand crews. A hand crew is is twenty people, about give or take a few, um, and uh, they all have basically the same job to do. They dig line, they cut brush, they haul it out. They basically are the ones that are doing the the firefighting and the containment line. They build a containment line, but hot shots are. They're more highly trained. Uh, they're in uh, better condition and they have more experience. They're basically the um, the elite of the uh, hand crew world. So if you look at um, you know, one of our normal type two hand crews, um, you might consider them infantry. And uh, if you look at a hot shot crew, that might be more like uh, some uh, maybe army rangers or some other special operation type. If you could make that analogy, I got you. Uh, help us understand what a containment line is. That's a phrase you hear from time to time. What is it, to, and what, how does it serve us? Yeah, so containment line is most often going to be, again, constructed by those hand crews. And it is physical separation between the active burning fire and the smoldering fire and the black, between that and the green or the unburned fuels. Um, and, and right now there's a lot of that in place, and you'll see that in place in, in, in pretty much every fire out there. Uh, but uh, the next step after that containment line is built is to patrol it, to grid in, inward towards the fire, to make sure that there isn't any heat that might uh, threaten the line, that might escape that containment. That's uh, once, once a section of the line is determined to be contained. So if you've got a, a, you know, if you've got a line that's uh, 1,000 yards around a fire, and then maybe you've got 400 li- uh, yards of line that you would call contained, and we said, okay, that's 40% contained. Um, we know that if wind were to push on that side of the fire, um, fire managers are confident that it would stay contained. Are there, you, you use the word line, makes me think, uh, power lines. Are there power lines or stations in the area that are in danger or threatened? Yeah, there are. There are a number of both um, transmission lines and distribution lines uh, right in the fire area. Yesterday there were uh, several of those large power transmission lines that were threatened and that were burning. Um, I know they had to shut off power temporarily to be able to, uh, to fight the, the fire up in the poles. That was yesterday? Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but but no no known interruptions to power today? Not that I'm aware of, no. Uh, help, me, help me understand a bigger picture. We're, this is a season of fires. There's a, the, the, the highest likelihood is that these will continue. What, what's life like for the folks that stand ready uh, to, to combat these fires when they flare up? You know, this is the time of year when uh, it starts to, to wear thin on folks. People are, uh, are prepared and ready to go out and, and fight fire, but it's September, and uh, we're, we're beyond um, what we call dirty August, and now we're into uh, the extension of that, which is September. And here in Utah and here throughout the West, especially here in the desert areas, we know that September is, is oftentimes going to be pretty active in terms of fire. So they're, uh, they're still ready. They're still staffed. We have uh, had a, uh, a couple of our crews have to combine and, and um, reduce due to people going back to college and so forth. But uh, overall, we're, we're pretty well staffed. Uh, you are well staffed. Are you accepting applications? applications or we'll start accepting those probably in the next two months and that's the time if people are interested in becoming a wildland firefighter usually october november december is the time to look into that and and begin the application process there's some adventure there huh yep for sure outstanding uh well i'm grateful to you before i let you go uh how do we help how do we help prevent these fires uh I, i know that we can't prevent 
we can't prevent lightning, but there are certainly there's human activity that plays a role. Uh, run us down through the list, please, of, of things that we need to be cautious uh, to avoid. Sure, there are several ways that people can start fires, and that includes everything from campfire. Make sure that the campfire is dead out. You know, put water in there, stir it up. If it's still too hot to touch, then it's still too hot to leave. You know, that's that's a big one for us, especially this time of year as we go in when there's a lot more people out in the backcountry hunting, scouting, things like that. So that's huge. Uh, equipment fires continue to be our, our leading cause. So that includes everything from driving your vehicle in the dry grass to making sure your brakes are properly maintained and that your trailer chains are up and not dragging down the road. Tire pressure, like there's a number of things to keep it down just with relation to equipment. But really, there's a whole long list. If people can see uh, that list, take a commitment and take a pledge to be uh, prevention-minded, uh, and that pledge is available online at sparkchange.utah.gov. You said what website one more time? Sparkchange.utah.gov. Uh, Jason Curry, I'm grateful to you for joining us. Jason Curry, spokesman for the Utah Division of Fire, Forestry, and State Lands. He's given us an update here on the Green Ravine Fire, which has now affected about 1,700 acres. Uh, containment is, they're working on that. Uh, luckily, no structures have burned and doesn't appear to have impacted uh, the, the, the power lines or anything. Uh, Jason, are you still there? I have one last question for you. I'm sorry. Yeah, sure. You, the, any sense of how this fire started? Um, yeah, it is human cause. We know there was no lightning in the area, so um, what we're looking at right now is, uh, is all possible causes, but uh, kind of zeroing in on, on possibility that maybe the power lines might have been part of that. So the investigation is kind of ongoing. All right. Well, very cool. I'll let you go get back to it. Uh, if anything uh, uh, flares up, anything unexpected, let's connect uh, later on. We'll get an update from you again, all right? Sounds good. Thanks. Thank you, sir. Uh, again, that was Jason Curry. He's a spokesperson for the Utah Division of Fire, Forestry, and State Lands. Uh, he's a great man, always uh, great information on these things, and uh, and this is his busy season, and we'll be touching base, I'm sure, with him uh, often over the next few days. We're going to take a break here in just a moment and get to the news. Uh, when we return, we're going to speak with Gary Edwards. He's the executive director of the Salt Lake County Health Department. Uh, he has secured a grant to help combat the opioid epidemic uh, here as it impacts Salt Lake County. I'm Lee Lonsberry filling in on Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless. And I will never understand it. I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow the letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.